0: everyone, and welcome to the EdTech Podcast. In this second episode covering Emerge Education Startups, I catch up with two lifelong learning companies, HowDo and Criana. HowDo founder and former SoundCloud brand man Mark During explains why he thinks offline learning is the way forward, whilst Peruvian co-founder of Criana, Diego Diaz, talks about the pain point of quality online education in emerging markets. This is the last of the Hackney edition of the EdTech podcast, and I end with a small roundup on what I've learned investigating education and tech projects here. Coming up from next week, Joe Dale, Urban Teacher and Makers Academy. For now, let's find out what Howdo and Criana have in common.
1: and I am the co-founder and co-CEO of HowDo. And HowDo is a platform marketplace for real life learning. And, and real life learning is really about workshops, classes, courses and in-person events that people can go to to have a learning experience.
0: If I'm say a freelancer and I want to increase my digital skill set, is the idea that essentially it aggregates all of the existing digital learning and physical learning offerings?
1: Yes, yeah, so so we we believe that It's really important still for education and learning, especially of adults, to take place not just online um, as it's become increasingly popular, but also very much offline. So we're focusing for the time being solely on offline and definitely technology, definitely design, but also other other learning activities where you need to be sort of in person with an instructor directly. So things like the creative arts, performing arts, uh, they don't tend to sit well or or that well online, but are brilliant when it's in an an offline, in-person environment. And it could be freelancers. Definitely, but also someone that's just trying to dip their toe in. Maybe they're a closet artist and they take a life drawing class for the first time and then, you know, move towards uh, a longer course or class as well.
0: Okay, great. And do you see this um, very much sitting within the city environment?
1: Yeah, so we're starting in London and that's because there's such a rich and wide variety of classes and courses already here. And a bunch of people who we, you know, we're certain want to learn. But often it's just too hard. So, you know, when we show people our, our app right now, you know, the common response is, oh, I really want to do something like that. And then you ask them why they never have. And and most of the time it's because they sort of had a quick search of Google or someone suggested, you know, they, they might look into, look at a certain provider or a certain class of course, but they never really got around to it. So we think there's a, a sort of serious amount of, of latent demand for this kind of thing. And, you know, starting in a city environment, definitely where there's a lot of um, creative individuals and a lot of individuals that will sort of try something for the first time. We do think over time that should expand, either you know, still in um, specific cities, certainly in the UK, and also we have our eye on international expansion very, very quickly. So we've seen the success of some of the event apps, actually, like Dojo and, and Yplan and Hype etc. And they've done something similar with a hyper-local um, starting point, and then moving into different cities, both nationally and internationally
0: in terms of the business model of how do how does that play out
1: so it's really it's very simple i mean it's it's free to list for a provider and then we charge a commission on a booking and it's a very competitive commission rate and and for the user the price should always be the same on how do as it is on the um, on the provider side as well
0: and how long have you been established for I know that you previously worked at SoundCloud what's this life like
1: so SoundCloud was an amazing experience and a fantastic learning experience actually of a a startup that scaled tremendously and everyone knows about it when I started they they didn't and now they do and from that experience it was then obvious you know to go and start something myself and obviously a keen learner so going from absolutely nothing and building a team I have a couple of fantastic co-founders and we've been working together I'd say a little over sort of six to nine months but really we started full time on this only in January and in that time we've achieved an awful lot we have a very high quality minimum viable product it's out and it's released in, in beta right now. So I do encourage people to go to <laughs> howdo.co, take a look. And we've also had tremendous success already with some of the highest quality providers in London. And I think that's important because, you know, we're, off, we're trying to offer a really, really unique and in this space user experience. And we're very brand and design led because that reflects a lot of our partners as well. And that's the kind of quality they're looking for. And equally, we want to, to supply the best quality classes, courses and workshops in, in London.
0: Okay, and uh, in terms of obviously being located in Hackney and Hackney Community College, what's your experience of collaborating with local partners or, you know, testing your product with perhaps students?
1: So we're really focused on, on sort of post-college and post-university education because that's where we really think the gap is. So the Hackney Community College, actually, Ed Space really is a, is a fantastic place. And we've been, you know, we've had a fabulous time on the Emerge programme as well that's... Um, Located here. We've, we've spoken with the college actually about bringing some of their high-quality classes and courses on board We might actually kind of take a couple of students on as, as interns at some point in the, perhaps in the summer In terms of the, the sort of rest of the locality We're talking obviously with the high-quality providers around here There's a performing arts school very close and another couple of arts related providers you know, Literally a, a couple of streets away in the main though I think we really want to ensure that we have classes and courses all across London because most users, and it's kind of what I mentioned, there's a sort of latent demand. You know, there's some people that are serial class goers, and they'll do four, five, six classes, uh, you know, a month or, or a year. But for, for other people, it's really about them being able to find some really relevant content that's also very close by. I mean, that to us is what accessible learning means. So we need to make sure that we've got, you know, highly, highly localized providers across, you know, Hackney, East London, but also North, South, and West London, and Central London as well.
0: I know that yesterday was the demo day for the emerge education. Is it the fifth cohort?
1: It is with the fifth cohort. Yes. Yeah.
0: So obviously, that the, the culmination of that is is pitching to investors and and then a cocktail evening. So how did that go? And how are you feeling now?
1: It's good. I've got a very strong black coffee in front of me that I'm drinking for the most part. We had a we had a great time and it's a really good experience. Obviously, pitching at any point, but pitching in front of some really really great uh, investment community that emerge managed to bring together. We started raising around a few weeks ago and we getting some, some really good responses, actually, from early-stage VCs. And that's set to, set to continue, I hope. Uh, we'll be closing that round by the end of Q2. So that will help to, us to sort of fuel the next stage of growth, bring on more providers and, and, uh, and especially a lot more users. And I think, in general, the cocktail part in particular, more the meet and greet at the end with both, you know, um, some of the investment community and also other other um, ed tech companies in London. So I think one great thing about emerge program and ed space is just being able to meet um, a lot of other individuals who've sort of gone through this stage. And that's true of you know the ed tech space and the broader broader tech community. And I think it's, it it already looks like I mean. As you mentioned before, I was, you know, I was previously involved more in the, in the music space and to some degree the tech space in London, but, but more in Berlin and, and New York, actually. And I, and I think that what Emerge has managed to do is sort of foster some of that education community. Very, you know, it's a very tight-knit community, and we feel literally in 14 weeks like we've become a part of that.
0: That's really fantastic. And for those people that want to find out more, so you mentioned the website. Do you have a Twitter account?
1: We're we're actually, we think Instagram's actually a great place for us. They should check us out on Instagram at howdo.co as well. But yeah, go to the website howdo.co. If you don't see a class you like, don't worry. We're literally uploading more every single day and if you're a content provider so if you teach classes courses or workshops or even if you'd like to and you can find a space you can upload your your content as well and start teaching so hopefully hopefully people will do that and if you like what you see do send us feedback because we we want to improve it and just make sure it's the best the best platform for real life learning that exists in london and hopefully in the rest of the world
0: thanks thank you
2: name is Diego, I'm founder and CEO of Creana. Creana is a project-based learning platform for freelancers in emerging markets. Basically what we do is we reunite creative content built by industries experts in Latam and Spain right now. And what we're trying to do is solve a huge pain in which aspiring creatives cannot get access to high quality education because there's actually no type of online training solutions for them in their own local language. There's a high concentration of online education companies in English, but when we look at emerging markets such as Latam, Eastern Europe, um, there's actually no type of supply on creative training for them. So we're trying to solve that gap by providing content and courses built by a a network of people around the world and giving them access to high quality education.
0: Okay, fantastic. And my understanding is that your base or your background is from Peru. Yes. Is that right? So, but in terms of the offering, is it very much um, for the whole of LATAM or...
2: Yes, um, right now we are rolling out courses in Spanish and we launched Creana one year ago and we have more than 115,000 users coming from 15 countries in Latam and Spain. Got really good traction because we are solving a huge pain which is access to high quality education. And I think one of the most interesting things of our model is the way that we teach. We are not trying to do the same things that other companies are doing by just giving access to video classes. Mm -hmm. All, All of our courses are project based, so people actually can build something at the end of the course. Um, and we do that because we believe that people learn when they actually apply it and not just by seeing Or watching a video Um, and it makes sense because we target right now all of the creative professionals so we know that they usually build and create and that's what basically we are trying to help them by offering this type of courses.
0: What would like an average user be for you guys?
2: So we have two groups of users right now we have people that are between 18 to 24 years old and they're like aspiring creatives that probably are learning or are, are trying to get in the creative industry. Um, so we can put them as students and people that want to go in the job uh, market inside the creative industry. Then we have another group of people which are between 25 to 31 which could be like 80% of them freelancers. They are independent professionals and they try to upgrade their skills by learning new ones in Creana and and getting access to better job opportunities as well.
0: So with Brazil, obviously their economy has slowed somewhat but uh, say two, three, four years ago there was a lot of excitement around sort of edtech investment and focus on Brazil. Um, have you thought about Portuguese platforms and that kind of thing as well?
3: Actually, yes. Right now, what we're doing is focusing and doubling down on the, on the Spanish-speaking market. All that time on Spain, but we first we wanted to enter at the last of this year, at the end of this year, to Brazil, and we, then some investors told us to accelerate and, and enter maybe in August. But finally, we think we'll enter to the Brazilian market at the end of this year.
0: Okay, exciting.
3: Yes, that's yeah. exciting.
0: And the same type of demographic and in terms of aspiring users and that kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And now, outside of LATAM, obviously... Yeah. Spanish is spoken uh, in a number of places what are your sort of aspirations or international focuses in terms of market outside of LATAM?
2: So yeah basically we want to solve access to high quality location in emerging markets so for us right now we target Um, spanish-speaking people and in in next steps we're going to target portuguese-speaking people but we we see that there's a high opportunity in other markets such as africa or eastern europe and we we would probably go in um inside those markets but first we need to we need to grow like step by step like we need to close markets and and before entering into a new one we need to have dominance of one so in in our in in our possibilities of expansion we know that if we grow vertically by launching in different languages we are going to, we, we're going to, to totally scale and it is in our radar but in, in in for the near future we're just going to double down on latam and enter um, brazil soon
0: I was at an event recently, um, it was about progression, so students and making their choices for what will be their next step in education, so whether that's formal in terms of higher education or alternative in terms of apprenticeship. And some of the organisations there, for example, FutureLearn and other um, players like that that you might be aware of, yep. were talking about basically utilising digital learning from a student's point of view to enhance their progression opportunities. So, for example... If you're thinking of applying to Oxford University or to Lima University, essentially finding out the course that you're interested in and then actually taking some of these um, additional courses to help your progression. Uh, chances and to boost your CV, essentially what's your thoughts on that as a as a, sort of a side benefit to what you're doing as well
2: i think it's a it's a great benefit actually like digital usage and and online learning has been uh, widely accepted by not only institutions but also by students and, and people as well so i think one of our next steps is actually build relationships and a, a closer partnership with with universities and creative institu- institutions so we can offer other type of courses in which their students can can get access through any type of device connected to the internet so so yeah I think it's it's great if we can provide that gap between the education that people have in institutions and the actual education you need to work like we are inside a, a, a market which is professional skill learning so I think we can complement w- really well with other type of universities and in institutions who, who give other type of content to those students so so yes i think it's 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 a great opportunity for for companies like ours who focus entirely on in online learning and other institutions who focus more in offline training we could make some synergy there because we we are our intention and mission is to democratize creative training so i think we can reach mass by giving access to people to high-quality education, just by in going online. So, so yes, I think it's it's a great thing to do. And for us, we are totally looking at in 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 the future years. Yeah.
0: Okay. And there's quite a uh, focus now on uh, Latam. I know, I know the Khan Academy as well are putting resource and specific individuals behind this Latam ambition. ambition. So. How do you see yourselves different from something like the Khan Academy as well and what they're doing in LATAM?
2: Yeah, so um, I think Khan Academy is, is is in a different market and they have other types of learning resources. Like We are really focused on, on producing bit-sized practical courses who last between three to five hours. And uh, I think one of the the great things that we are doing is we're actually building a really close network of content providers who who are amazing Um, creatives um, um, around the world who have a lot of experience and they want to share that experience with other people and so that so them can learn from their past experiences as well so what i think one of the the main things that makes us different from them is our educational approach and our target market like right now we are totally focused on creative training which basically could be design illustration 3d animation and all those softwares that that creative people use to work in a daily basis and also i think we are like like i mentioned earlier I, we are inside a different type of um, user as well we focus in professional learning and in lifelong and the lifelong approach lifelong learning approach so uh, I think Khan Academy is, has other types of of courses and their ambition is totally different from ours. But yeah, it's amazing that to see that, that there's other companies like like them and other types of EdTech solutions or, or companies who are already looking at LATAM as mm. a, a really good opportunity. And it is a, an awesome opportunity.
0: <laughs> They're yeah. onto something. Yeah. And um, what's the business model in a nutshell as well? So yes, so
3: our business model is really simple. Of Out of each transaction, 50% of commission goes to the content creator and 50% stays in Krana. So, actually, teachers are receiving monthly about an average of 500 to 600 U.S. dollars. That's, of course, a, a very good secondary income for them. So, actually, what we are doing is building relationships with these teachers. So, now we are part of their lives and also part of a secondary monthly income that really serves really good for them. We're, we're actually one creative uh, in the industry is earning about... $2,000 average, so having a secondary income of about $500, 600 each month is really good for them.
0: Fantastic, and I know that um, it's quite a project at the moment, I think, in Mexico, looking at the quality of teachers and making sure that we sort of raise the aspirations in terms of accrediting teachers and, and having quality. So how do you kind of make sure that the people providing the courses are you know really high quality so that you achieve the ambitions that you've set out as well?
3: So the process is... When we, meet, when we first met, met a, meet a teacher we, in, instead of looking his CV or, or his where he studied, what we do is look their jobs and, and their portfolio, because in the, in, in the creative industry everything is visual. So it's really easy to see if, if one potential teacher is good or not by just looking their their portfolio and, and watching if, if they have really good stuff that, that really attracts the, the, the future users. So what we do is we have a quick Skype call when when where we talk with them and then we like check and review their portfolio, and if and if it's good, then he starts the, all the process to build the course.
0: And what's your backgrounds as well in terms of um, come on this journey in terms of a startup, and do you have any advice for other people that are thinking of doing the same thing?
3: In my case, my background is I studied business and administration in Peru, and before Criana, I launched. Actually, with Diego, another startup that was also in the in the edtech industry where we offered a lot of much uh, courses from, from lots of categories, from finance to business entrepreneurship, also photography and design. So we learned in that MVP for about eight months. Then we pivoted to Crana. And
2: yeah, well, in my case, I think I have a little bit more of the creative side. Of of uh, and I I think I know a little bit more about the industry because I, I I play guitar since I'm 12 I'm I'm part of of a band since I'm 14 I think 15 <laughs> um, I'm 25 right now so yeah and I, I'm I studied business engineering as well in 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 Peru and I think w- one of of the main reasons in which we've accomplished what we are doing right now is because we've been working a lot and we've been really passionate about actually solving that gap between access to education and professional skill learning. And I think it's been an, an awesome journey till now. It's I think it's we are now in the in the hardest part of of, of our journey like a, like a startup because we've already accomplished product market fit and we're trying to. Um, um think about how we can sustain our growth to, to, to through the next months um and any type of advice i think when i when they always ask me about this i think it's about just having a big passion about the things that you do because it's going to be a long journey until you can actually build a sustainable sustainable company of an idea that could be um, that an idea that came to your mind and you won't just wanted to do that so yeah being passionate is what i think it's helped us uh, both about just working a lot and, and being able to to actually um by step by step go through a a, a business plan which is basically in, in our head, you know, um, and, and and the second advice is, is I think it's been really, really well, well organized and having um, structured goals and objectives so you can actually see how you're doing from the things that you actually planned at the beginning, so I think one of of our of our major um, and critical aspects of, of which we are having a, a an awesome growth is because we are actually measuring everything and we are planning everything um out and and measuring how how we went with our plan and and trying to shift it um depending on on how we are doing in a in a, in a specific month so being organized i think it's is one of the great that we've been accomplished during the, the past year and it's one of, of the best advice I can give to any type of entrepreneur or, or, or people that want to start.
0: And do you have a message for any educators or anyone else listening? Yeah,
2: I think education is amazing. I think it, <laughs> the only way you can change people and the only way you can actually change society is by giving them access to education and, and giving them the, the chance to to grow as a, as a professional. So I think we are in education not only because we see there is business there but because there's also a huge opportunity in which we can actually change lives and help other people to to grow professionally and personally as well so um, cheers to all the the people that are (laughs) inside education and and i hope you go in creana and and see what we're doing over there
0: and how can they find out more about creana so is there a website or a twitter handle
2: yeah uh, you can go into creana.com it's in Spanish, so if you like Spanish, <laughs> uh, or you know a little bit about Spanish, you can enroll into our courses. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and in Instagram. We are like in all social media, I think, in Pinterest, I think, as well. So, yeah, you can contact us through the website or, or, or uh, social media pages, and we, we look forward to talking to anyone that's it's interested in us.
0: Wonderful. Okay, well, thank you very much for your time, both of you. Yeah, Thanks. <laughs> That's all for this week. Apart from to say, after speaking to colleges, teachers, local authorities, museum programme curators, multi million pound digital creative spaces, edtech accelerators, and startups in the borough of Hackney, my theory is thus. Collaboration between educators and tech initiatives is limited to date. There is huge excitement from within educators to connect and source new innovation for student benefit, an appetite within tech to do more from some already exciting foundations. But alas, time is always the barrier. Within such close vicinity, amazing ideas are being sparked, and a few more connections could mean incredible additional collaborations as knowledge spreads of various neighbours on Hackney's doorsteps. I hope we see more and more of this to come. I'd love to hear your thoughts on EdTech collaboration. You can email comments to theedtechpodcast at gmail.com and tweet at podcastedtech. I'll aim to read out as many comments, thoughts as possible each week. Coming up next time, Modern Foreign Languages Twitterati party starter, Joe Dale.